Hi, Sam. Hi, Harsh. Welcome back. Season two. Yeah. Long time no pod. I know. This is going to be an awkward episode as well now because we're not used to it. I know. It's been a long, what, two months? Three months? Almost? A lot has happened. Honestly, the time kind of flew by. Like, the first race crept up on me. Yeah, I thought they would have more time between Drive to Survive and the first race. But it was like back to back. That's okay. I binged all of season four in two days. So, not a problem for me. (laughs) Are you finished? I I have a few episodes left, I think. It's okay. The last few episodes are like, not that they're the least important, but we actually watched the season. The last half of the season. So that helps. Yeah, plus now it's like leading up to the Max v. Lewis episode, which I'm assuming is the last episode. So I think it's the last two. Okay. Yeah, I think that's all I have left then. Perfect. So almost finished. I'll finish almost this finished. weekend. So, starting off season two. We're in Bahrain. Exciting season opener. Uh, uh, kind of exciting. It had its moments. Overall, yeah, I think it's not the craziest race we've seen. Yeah, it was exciting for us because I don't know about you, but I didn't follow much of like the preseason testing. So this was my first look at like all the new cars and what teams are fastest, which is always fun. I also didn't really follow preseason testing, but I agree. Like, I was very surprised by how noticeably different I found the cars. When they first released the 2022 car months ago, like F1, when I look at them side by side, I'm like, oh, whatever. Like, I can't really tell the difference. Like, F1 car looks like an F1 car. But on the track, like, actually watching the race, I was was like, I can actually see that this is significantly different from before. For some reason, I can just see it when they're racing, but I can't see it as much in just the regular picture. Yeah, to be honest, I, I don't pay attention to, like, the aerodynamics of it and what it looks like. Oh. Guys, Harsh just hung up on me on FaceTime. <laughs> Sorry, Brittany called me. Okay, where were we? Oh, aerodynamics. Oh, yeah. I don't really care about the mechanical differences in the car, I guess. For me, it was the new liver, livery. Livery, yeah, the new colors. Yeah. Some of them I do not agree with. Yeah, when the Mercedes came out originally, I was like, wow, it looks so fast. But now I like the black more than the silver this year. I agree. Also, Red Bull looks very similar, but I, like, I will say if I had to decide, I like the old one better. Oops. Yeah, I think Red Bull always keeps it pretty classic. I don't like the new McLaren. I also don't like the new McLaren. Okay, McLaren is sponsored by Android this season. Ooh, I didn't know that. 
Icky. Yeah, I think that's why I don't like it. It's giving ick. Yeah, it's giving slow, Sam. The McLaren <laughs> is so slow. I'm so upset. Um, Notably, I hate Alpine. It's giving Force India. I don't like the yeah. pink. I feel like the pink had its time. And now that time is over. And I liked the navy blue. But I like the navy blue on the Williams more this season. I think the Williams looks nice. I like the Williams, but if I'm not mistaken, they incorporated, like, a turquoise moment, didn't they? Which, yeah, they did. I Like, then their uniforms, too, which I don't prefer. I don't know. I think it's just a matter of getting used to. Like, we're acting like we care about what the cars look like when we only started watching, like, five months ago. <laughs> yeah. But I will say, not that relevant. I don't like the new F1, like, TV interface. Like, I like the old one. They redesigned, like, the scoreboard. Do you know what I'm talking about? Um, it's like, like when we're watching on PSN? Yeah. I didn't pay that much attention, but... It's, like, the yeah, first thing I, I noticed. The side is different. But I don't like it. It's not the logo or anything. It's just, like, the way they list... The drivers and when they have like speed trap or anything or a battle it just it looks different and I like the old one better but I just think I don't like change fair enough any other oh sorry going back to McLaren I don't like that they incorporated blue yeah it looks like I don't know it just looks like tacky I liked last year's way better I agree I I do like that Haas took out the blue, so it's it's giving less Russia. I mean, I think all of Haas is giving less Russia. It's giving a hundred percent less Russia, in fact. Um, but we'll get into that yes. later. Um, Ferrari literally looks the same. Ferrari always looks nice, though. Like the red is so classic. Mm-hmm. Back to Alpine, I think they're switching their colors halfway through. So, you know, now it's pink and blue. Halfway through, I think they switched to blue and pink. Interesting. So it's just a little Force India tribute. Yeah, I think it's that sponsor, like the BWT or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. So they probably have little say in it. True. Um, any other liveries to comment on? No, the Alfa Romeo stayed pretty consistent in colors and everything. I think so did the Aston Martin, so I hope I didn't forget any teams. Oh, Alfa Tori also stays pretty consistent. Um, we can talk about next, the new drivers or not necessarily new some returning yeah when we left last season we knew who the drivers were right we did but now that we've seen them and the change from Haas yeah um okay George is new we'll talk about George in qualifying probably Mm -hmm. oh I meant more like 
not new, like, to the team, but I meant, like, Joe, because he wants to be called Joe, correct? Yeah, that's how you pronounce those letters, isn't it? Well, I think that's, like, what he wants from his English name, or... I don't know, the commentator F1 people, Ted Kravitz, was like, Joe is what he wants to be called on the field, or on the track, and how Lewis took his mom's last name as well. He was like, but for racing, he just wants to keep Lewis Hamilton. They're being very, like, proper, like, socially correct, like, this is what they want to be called. And then I remember he made a joke, and he's like, first, well, for me, first name Ted, last name Kravitz. And I was like, so funny. (laughs) Anyways, new people, um, Joe. Yep. Kevin Magnuson. Um, we briefly had a moment with Nico Hulkenberg. Albon. Yeah, he's not here to stay. So. No, he's not. And good thing because he didn't perform that well. <laughs> um, yeah, Alex Albon is back. I think that's it. <laughs> Unless I'm missing someone. No, I think that's all but i think they're so happy so happy because right off the bat it's clear they have a much better car than previous years but i mean let's not act like it's all the car like let's not act like if we put mazpin in this car he would have done as well as kevin magnuson did because it's just not true but i'm sure that, that's what Mazepin's telling all his friends. Yeah. I'm sure he's back home in Russia blabbing his mouth about how they kicked him off or whatever. And now they finally have a good car. But no. He was still bad. And he still would have performed badly. Despite the new car. Yeah, I think it's really, really funny that Haas last year was like... Yeah, we're not putting any more money into this car. We're not making any improvements to our car in the 2021 season. We're putting all our money towards the 2022 car. They used all of Mazepin's money and his twin dad. Did anybody else pick up on that in Drive to Survive? They look the same. Yeah, and during Drive to Survive, Harsh and I each made notes on each episode, and then as we each finished certain episodes we would send each other the notes and so it was completely separate but then when we sent each other notes for episode four which is the episode on Haas we both wrote in our notes about how they're twins and why they're like carbon copies of each other yeah it was scary doesn't Russia have cloning technology because most definitely oh most definitely but also it's scary well it's not scary but it's interesting because I mean I guess we all know what Nikita's going to look like in 20 years, 15 years. Spoiler, not cute. He was never cute. I I know, but clearly there's no glow up in his third decade coming. Not aging. Not aging well. Yeah, but I think it's really funny that they used all of Mazepin's money to build a car. And it's actually a good car this season. And then they kicked him off the team and, like, cut all ties. As they, they should. They already built the car. 
As they should, as Gunther should. Yeah. Because no one deserves it more than anyone besides Mazepin. True. I mean, Mick deserves it. Kevin Magnuson deserves it. I mean, I didn't pay attention during, I guess, Drive to Survive season two or three, whichever the switchover was, but I was talking to this girl in my biochemistry class who apparently is an F1 fan, and she said that they screwed over Kevin Magnuson, like, really bad. Mm. I don't know if that that's true, but... So I'm going to go with he, deser- he deserves his comeback season. Yeah, he definitely proved that it was a good decision in the race. Definitely. And his daughter is so cute. Have you seen the pictures of her? Yeah, I think I saw them on Instagram. There's a picture of her in the car with him and a video of them after the race, like hugging as a family. That's sweet. Warmed my heart. We don't get to see a lot of that with Max Kelly and Kelly Jr. Is that what we're calling her this season? I don't know the daughter's name, do you? No. Anyway, (laughs) moving on. Should we just do the race now? Do we want to do race then season predictions? Yeah, I think so, because... The race is like our first look at the cars, and then we can make our predictions. Good point. Okay, qualifying. I miss, like, the second half of qualifying, so. I missed the first half, so that's perfect. Um, right off the bat, McLaren was not performing well. Um, I mean, not... Nothing. It's an excuse, but Dr. did miss out on pretty much all of season testing because he was in isolation. So I think he got like one day with the car before, or like one day of free practice. Yeah. To be honest, it didn't look like it really mattered because even Lando was struggling in the car. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think Daniel was still trying to like tweak things in the car. He was saying, like, the understeer and stuff. Mm-hmm. But they knew they problem. had th- things to work on. Because even coming out of qualifying, they were like, all of this was expected. So Yeah, I didn't expect it, though. I thought McLaren was going to be on top this season. I've been telling everyone I'm a McLaren fan. Do you know how embarrassing that is now? Right? I feel like the last episode... I mean, it was months ago. But at some point... I do remember you saying, maybe I will continue to be a DR fan. Because we were on the edge for a while. Yeah. It's not looking good for this season either. Well, we won't make any assumptions too soon. We can hope they had a really good season last year. But interesting to see their last year's competitor, who were competing for third, coming out on top. Ferrari. Yeah, I thought like some of the posts and stuff from preseason testing was like pulling my leg or something with the Mercedes team saying that, oh, the Ferrari looks so fast this season. I was like, ah, Mercedes is just being Mercedes and they don't want anyone to know what they're up to. Yeah, they're screwing us. 
yeah, they're going to come out on race day and be super fast. But no, the Ferrari is crazy fast. It was evident straight from qualifying too. I mean, the Ferrari engine in general, Alfa Romeo was going so fast. Yeah, and Haas so was, was Haas. Competitive, very competitive. I mean, it was it was just evident that Ferrari knows what they're doing this season. Knock on wood, it's legal. Yeah, otherwise <laughs> they're gonna be screwed for the next like six years. But really strong start to the weekend. I mean, because I didn't catch the last half. It was Charles on pole, and I was like, pardon me? (laughs) Yeah, Charles on pole, which was a little bit surprising, because I think Max was fastest in Q2, so I wasn't expecting it, but Charles on pole. And then Lewis not even top three. So interesting. We love to see it. Not even top two. I mean, he started fifth. Yeah. And then Carlos third, right? Yeah, it went Ferrari, Red Bull, Ferrari, Red Bull. And then we also love to see Bottas out-qualifying Russell. Russell. And Kevin Magnussen out-qualifying Russell. Clearly, Russell is still finding his bearings over at Mercedes. I mean, granted... He still finished at a proper spot. So I guess that's all that matters. But, and I don't want to skip ahead too much here, but in the post-race interview, Toto was, like, happy. And I was like, why are... It's so interesting to see him happy with third and fourth. But Mm -hmm. in his interview, he was like, nope, this is the type of result we'll be happy to see because Ferrari is really good. So anyway, sorry. We'll We'll get to that. But... Um, anything else from qualifying? I think I was a little sad that Albon only qualified 14. Yeah, but I don't really think it's his fault. No, but... The Williams yeah. is slow again. 14th for the Williams is still a for effort. Um, Aston Martin not looking hot this year. Nope. Vettel was in isolation, so we didn't get to see him, but... Yeah, Stroll not looking great in the Aston Martin. Um, yeah, seven isolation. They took their like twenty twenty two class photo, so it was Hulkenberg. Ew. I mean, Seb is the last person who would ever care about being in the photo, but still, I'm like ew. Anyways, um, on to race day. Yep. Strong start from Charles right off the bat. He got away quick. Too quick for Max. Yeah, there was some good battling happening at the start between Charles and Max. And then I think in the post-race interview, Charles was like, yeah, we planned it so that a couple of times, I guess Max would be slightly ahead so Charles could get, I don't know, DRS maybe, but I don't think that's what it was. And then Charles would pull in front, and he's like, we were 
like kind of being a bit risky with that maneuver, but it worked, so they were happy. Good strategy. We never get to see much racing from Charles, but it'll be fun to see that this year. Yeah, even when we were texting, we were like, Charles has never been in the spotlight enough or in a competing position enough for us to see that he's actually like a good driver. Yeah, you know what I think of whenever I think of Charles's racing? In like the last race of last season, when he basically forgot to turn at that one oh, section. <laughs> it was but it was because there was like Lewis or Max going by and it just looked like he was a spectator. Yeah, and forgot his job was to drive the car very fast. So that's what I think of. So it's nice to get some new images of Charles. Mm-hmm. That was back when he was on GoPro. Helmet cam. <laughs> yeah, the only exciting things that happened during the race were when, I think it was lap like 17 or something I remember from the playback, Max and Charles had their fun battle. Um, and that was it. The race felt so long. Harge and I... <laughs> Harge and I were texting, and we were like, is it because we haven't watched F1 in months, but this feels like it's taking forever? Yeah, I think maybe because, like, I know this doesn't make any sense, but I feel like the fast cars are way faster than the slow cars. And for some reason, that, like, it's like I'm watching two races. I don't know. But yeah, it felt long. And in the middle there, it was a bit boring. I agree. McLaren had the fastest pit stop. Did you know that? I did not know that. I took their Instagram quiz. And they were fastest. Nothing super interesting in pit strategies. No, not that I saw. I did see that... Hamilton's pit was very slow. Good. Like, significantly slower than Max's, but what they were saying is that because the tires this year are so big, that they're so much heavier, that the pit crew is having to work, like, much harder to get their times down. Interesting. Red Bull's still pit, like, a two-point something, so Red Bull's not letting up. But I mean, they're known to have a good pit crew. I guess the next interesting thing that happened was Gasly on fire. I didn't realize he was on fire until after. Like, I saw that he crashed and he had to retire and it was sad. And maybe I just wasn't paying attention because I thought the race was boring. But I only realized how, like, there were actual flames. I only realized after when I saw it on Instagram. Yeah, I think he tweeted something, like... Something, something, barbecue, something, something. Yeah. something. <laughs> I remember funny. that. Um, and I, I think that's... this might have been the circuit. I might have made this up. But was this the circuit that Romaine Lettuce also blew up at? No, I don't think so. Because don't they always start in Bahrain? I don't know, but I swear someone mentioned it. Did you call him Romaine Lettuce? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, it was at Bahrain. Oh, it was? 
Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, Ghastly on fire, and then a few laps later, Max starts freaking out that he doesn't have power. Um, and then he and it was, drops it, off. Yeah, I mean, he was complaining for a while before he dropped off, though. And they're like, what do you want me to do? Or he was like, what do you guys want me to do? And the guys were like, it's nothing we can fix. We don't know what it is. So that's awkward. Yeah, that was literally their response. They were so short with him. They were like, stop talking. Don't give away our secrets. Um. So yeah, Max dropped off. Dropped off. And then... Checo dropped off. Yeah, literally one lap later, I was thinking like, oh, it's okay, Checo's still doing good, he can get points. And then Checo's like, engine failure. That was sudden. Checo drops off. I gasped, like, out loud in my house, because I didn't expect it at all. I mean, it was very clear he was struggling, so I was so stressed. I was, like, sweating, because it, like... Lewis was catching up to him and quick, but when he just literally stopped, I'm actually quite impressed that neither of the Mercedes crashed into him because it happened at a corner too. Um, yeah, awful day for the Red Bull. Yeah, seriously. I guess the final results with the Ferrari one too was exciting. Very exciting. Me and Sam also have a theory about the Ferrari team principle. It's not, not a speaking theory. any English. I proved it wrong. I know, but we know he knows English. He just chooses not to speak English. Yes. For a while, Harsh and I thought that he just didn't speak English at all because even in Drive to Survive, he just refuses to speak English and we all just need to read the subtitles. But upon further investigation from myself, I found a YouTube video dating back a few years of him speaking English and like doing a track analysis on YouTube. But it was like three years ago. So maybe you just gave up on English during like the pandemic. Yeah, my theory was that he just wants to be so Ferrari that he only speaks Italian. True. Okay, but the thing is, is that mm, neither of the drivers speak Italian. Yeah, they do. Didn't you hear Charles? Mamma mia. Okay, yeah, but Charles is French. Yeah, but Mamma mia is Italian. (laughs) Mamma mia doesn't count. Okay, Carlos definitely doesn't speak Italian. Yes, he does. Oh, I think you're also forgetting that they were, like, raised in motorsport. Okay, yeah, but it's one thing to be, like, raised around a language, and it's another thing to speak it fluently and be able to comprehend it at the speed of someone speaking it fluently. Yeah, and they both can speak Italian fluently. I'm pretty sure it's, like, a requirement to be on the Ferrari team. Okay. Anyways, okay, honest, okay, yes, Charles, sure, mamma mia. And I get confused because I think Charles is Italian all the time. Because to me, <laughs> Monaco is like Italy, even though that's not true. But Carlos speaking Italian fluently, that shocks me. This man is Hispanic. 
Yeah, well, he also knows Italian. Mamma mia, so do I. <laughs> um, yeah, Ferrari one too, very exciting. I still like Charles. I like Charles less than when I used to. Not for Ooh. any not for any specific reason. I don't know. Is I've... Charlotte the reason, Sam? Okay. I just something about him gives me the ick. And I know F1's not about that, but we're the kind of podcast that talks about that. Like Charles gives me the ick. That's Could all. it be because we saw those videos where everyone calls him dumb? I don't think everyone calls him dumb. I think I watch those videos and I call him dumb. Oh. Anyway. Right. Um. But I mean, if we're gonna get into like post race, because I feel like that's kind of all from the race. Nothing else really happened. Yeah, Lewis third. George fourth. Magnuson Joe? fifth. Yeah, Magnuson fifth, and then Joe in the points for his first race, which is. Very good. Really good. Bottas up there in the points. Yuki in the points. Yuki drove a very good race. Because Yuki is very prone to accidents, spinning out, doing literally anything except just driving. And he drove a quiet, head-down race. Because he finished, and I was like, I feel like I haven't seen you this whole time. But he finished in a good standing. Yeah, I was watching the Drive to Survive episode with Yuki and Gasly. Where they call Yuki lazy and then make him move to, um, was it Italy? I don't remember where it was, but they just, like, made him train all the, like, exercise. And he was like, I don't like it here because they make me wake up and go on runs. That was so funny. But he was like, I do need to learn discipline. And his apartment is filthy. Yeah, but you won't let anyone with shoes inside. Did we exchange notes on that episode already? No, I think I watched it and didn't send you my notes, but I'll send them to you. Okay, because I was going to say in my notes, I said um, Yuki would live in a rat's nest. That's straight from my notes. Um, anyways, post-race interview, what I was going to say is I was very surprised that Max wasn't bratty. Like, he was so bratty last season. He was so stuck up. Like, I mean, I still like Max. But it's true. He, especially towards the end of last season, he was not a good sport. He was not really a team player. I mean, not that he doesn't have to be, but, like, Checo's a good enough team player for the both of them. God bless his heart. Because if I was Checo, I wouldn't put up with this-ish. But... He went up to Charles, and the video was so sweet that I sent you, that F1 posted. He, like, looked so happy for Charles, and you're right. Um, I think you might have said this to me, but I don't remember if it was you or if it was the girl from my biochemistry class. But someone was like, well, they grew up together, so it's different, which is true. Like, Lewis is just in a different generation almost, so I guess it makes sense that Max gets mad. I mean... Max and Lewis's rivalry was much deeper than just the first race of the season. But still, Max didn't seem super, super mad that his car had to retire. Like, that kind of thing would mess with him for, like, the rest of the day type thing. But he seemed very happy for Charles, not in, like, a sour mood, which we expect from him because he's a diva. 
Yeah, maybe he's trying to change his narrative from villain. Hopefully. That would be nice to see. I didn't watch the post-race interviews. The race was long enough. I had to turn the TV off. True. Gunther's interview? So cute. I watched it on YouTube after. And he was so happy to be in the points. And just, you know, being Gunther. I didn't see this interview and I couldn't find it. But the reason why I went to YouTube to watch it was because someone else texted me. Sarah texted me. And apparently, but I couldn't find the part that she was talking about. That was so funny. But apparently the interviewer was like, oh, are you so happy? Like, Kevin Magnuson, like, sixth place. Like, whatever. <laughs> and Gunther was like, fifth. Like, don't get it twisted or else or something like that. But I wish I could find it, but I don't know. I couldn't, I couldn't, um, but apparently that happened, and that's funny, but seeing Gunther excited just, it makes your week, you know? Yeah, and then seeing the Hass F1 Instagram. That Instagram is hilarious. They are not paying whoever's in charge of it enough, and it's so funny, because it's even in the captions, too. I'm like, this is an Instagram that I could run, where, like, you see the Red Bull captions, they put all the emojis, it's like paragraphs, and they're like spaced out, but the Hassan Serum's like, woo, points, hashtag Bahrain, and like, that's it. That's <laughs> Perfect. <running> our Instagram. <laughs> Literally, but it's hilarious, and they put the memes, and their jokes are actually funny. I love it. I followed them. Like, I, I gave them a follow. That's very nice of you, Sam. I mean, are you following them? On the podcast Instagram, I am. I know, but I mean, I follow them on my real Instagram. Oh, great. Now someone's going to go look you up. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, Harj and I were texting after the race, too, and we we're like, are we Haas fans? Should I get a Haas t-shirt? Yeah, I think I can stand behind Haas this season. Definitely. Knock on wood. Their success continues. But by the looks of the Ferrari engine, as long as it's legal, we will not have any issues. Predictions? Mm, Predictions? I predict Ferrari on top. A Ferrari and Red Ferrari v. Red Bull, I think, is going to be the battle this season. I agree. I feel like Red Bull can get it together. Because overall, they had a strong car literally up until the last three laps. Like, they had it. So, um, I mean, Mercedes is still going to be in the mix. But I would also love to see a Ferrari win. Because I feel like Ferrari is such an iconic team, and they have been for so long, but we haven't been, I mean, we haven't been around, but we also haven't been active viewers in the time that they were so successful. But given the Ferrari name in general, it just, they've had so much success in the past, but because we've only watched them be such a midfield team, it's exciting to see them live up to that name. Yeah, it's also exciting with 
their current driver lineup. Like, we like Charles, we like Carlos, so yeah, I think it'll be fun. Mm -hmm. And it's exciting to see Charles have a car that lives up to the name that he has wanted for so long because his of his godfather like he's always wanted to drive for ferrari and be a champion for his godfather who passed away was it his godfather i think so mm -hmm. um and his contract was five years and it's already been like more than half of that so not that it's coming to an end but kind of flew by fast and no offense he hasn't achieved that much yeah. so it'd be nice to see him fulfill that and possibly get re-signed, I guess? I think they might re-sign him. I don't see who else they would take. I mean, I hope they re-sign Carlos. Yeah, I love Carlos. I also love Carlos. I think they go well together. Yeah. They're but friends. I mean, I don't see them as besties. No, but I think it's better that way, though, because... They're going to be competing against each other a lot. It's true. And it makes sense. And they have competed with each other even last season as a midfield team. They would, they were still always, they were consistent and consistently together all the time. Yeah. But they have a good dynamic because they like each other, but they're not best friends. But they're both the types of drivers to like keep their heads down and just race. Yeah, I think they, they know what's expected of them there too, so... They're a good team. And then this is Checo's second year at Red Bull, so hopefully we see a bit of improvement from him as well. Maybe a bit more consistency. I also think Checo is the ideal second Red Bull seat. Yeah. I feel like, not that he doesn't want to win, because of course everyone's there to win, but he's also kind of just there to drive. Like, he's like, Oh, I'm just chilling. I know Max is a priority. I don't care. I have a job. I'm here to support him, but also still do well myself. But you know what I mean? I feel like there's no better match for Max because he's has a ginormous head. But Checo is so mature that he's like, I'm just a dad. I don't care. Yeah, like I, I think when Daniel was at Red Bull, he was still in the mindset that I could win, and Max is standing in the way of that. Whereas Checo, I don't think, has any expectations to win. Yeah. Like, win the championship, at least, you know? Mm -hmm. But he's there to perform for his team. Did you watch the video that I sent you earlier? It's okay if you didn't. No, but I've seen those compilations before. Sam sent me a Red Bull compilation of Daniel and Max being funny. Yeah, it's one of those, like, Max and DR being funny for 10 minutes straight. But, like, it wasn't that funny, but Max looked, like, happy. And I feel like Max never looks happy anymore. But he actually looked his age. Like, he is at the age where he should be, like, childish and jokey and funny. I mean, you can still be all those things when you're older. But we don't see that. He's so serious now, and he doesn't like media. Like, he keeps himself. He won't even be in Drive to Survive because he doesn't care about the drama but with Daniel, he seems so fun and, like, alive and not dead inside. True. Any other predictions? Who's going to come in last? 
I think it's going to be Latifi. 21st in 2020. <laughs> um, ooh, that's sad. See, it's hard because our wanker of the week every week was Mazepin because we just like automatically hated him. He was always the worst. I mean, he was actually the worst. Like it was justified, backed by scientific evidence. But now I don't want to put anyone last because I don't hate anyone. Yeah. I guess, Latifi, you're probably right. I'm excited for Mick to hopefully get some points this season. He was close. Mm-hmm. No, no, who's going to be last because he has to be in it, even though he didn't score points. Hulkenberg. Okay, perfect. Hulkenberg is the new anchor every week. Perfect. Um, but yeah. Who do you think is going to get a podium? Lando a podium this year. Yes. We're Lando's first podium. Um, I would love to see Mick on the podium. That, I don't know yeah, how far of a stretch that is. Third place for Mick? I can see it. I mean, I definitely, I don't want to say definitely think, but I mean... Came fifth. I'd love to see a Haas on the podium, period. Yeah. Which, with a couple, not that they need it and not that they're not good enough, but let's be realistic here. With a few crashes, maybe a retired car, maybe engine failure from another Red Bull, we could see a Haas on the podium. Yeah. Knock down enough, knock up enough spots through the universe's work. Yeah, misfortunes on other teams. Yep. Um, yeah. I want to see Russell get a first place finish. I also do, like a real one. Yeah. Um, I want to see Pierre. Okay, we're just listing every single driver. I want to see all of them win. (laughs) Honestly, who I don't have any feelings towards. Like, I'm so indifferent about Lance, about Esteban. Like, I'm like, I don't care if they win or lose. And that's kind of bad slash weird. But honestly, I'm like, I don't care if Lance gets a podium. Which is bad because we should because he's Canadian. I forget he's in F1 most of the time. And honestly, Lance, if you're listening... (laughs) Sorry, Lance, you can come on the pod if you want. <laughs> um, I mean, Aston Martin not looking super hot this year. I also don't really care that much about Alonso. Yeah, I don't care about him that much. But I do like his relationship with Esteban. I like that they're a little father-son duo. Yeah, Drive to Survive showed that relationship a bit more. A lot. Um, I also don't know if we exchanged notes about that. No, I don't think so, because I think that was the same episode as the Pierre and Yuki one, right? Maybe. Yuki on the podium. How could I forget? Yuki on the podium. He's going to have to be first place, because first place is the tallest, and he needs all the boosts that he can get. In this, like, the class photo made it even worse. Standing next to DR, who's probably, like, the tallest. <laughs> Yuki is so small. Yuki is 
tiny. But you know what? Just for the sake of my my ethnicity, I want to see Joe on the podium. Okay. I'm surprised that he's the first Chinese driver ever. Like, I'm surprised there's not a single Chinese person that has run through F1 before. We were talking about it at work, and they were like, he's probably going to get canned if China keeps support with Russia. So maybe don't get your hopes up, Sam. Okay, last thought. Just an improvement from McLaren. I want to see... I want to see them have a fighting chance, because right now it's not looking good. I agree. And last year they had a very good season. So. Yeah. Anyways, closing off with Rockstars and Winkers. Yes. I can start. Mm. Okay, you can go first. Okay. My Rockstar of the Week and who I voted Driver of the Day is, in fact, Charles. Obviously. Also, he surpassed all of our expectations. I mean, from qualifying, we knew Ferrari was fast, but they maintained that speed basically the whole time. Like yeah, they they couldn't be touched. A good drive. Mm-hmm. The battle with Max was nice, but like even despite that, even during it, like Ferrari couldn't be touched, and it was obvious that not only could they maintained first but they made the stretch like every time Charles would get ahead he stretched it so far ahead the only way Red Bull ever made up that space was through either a safety car or some sort of pit strategy it was never the pace of the car so Charles is my rock star do you want to do your rock star Okay, I agree with everything you said about Charles. He definitely deserves a rock star status this week. I also voted him driver of the day. But just to switch it up, I'll say Magnuson was my rock star. I love that. Because I liked seeing Haas place, like, in the points and have a decent race. And he was also kind of known for crashes. Like... In Drive to Survive, I remember that being a big thing. Like, both of them just kept crashing nonstop. So, he had a solid drive. No crashes. Gunther was happy. So, he's my rock star. And Wanker? No one really deserves total Wanker status this week, I think. But I agree. No one deserves total Wanker status. I I'm going to pick... Yeah, I'm going to go with Gasly, just because he has such bad luck. I know it's not his fault, but I feel like he can't catch a break. And for that reason, he's my wanker. Good point. I will say my wanker also doesn't necessarily deserve full wanker status at all, but I'm going to say George. I expected more. You know, it was so hyped last season. And yes, he did well. Like, relatively, he did very well. But because... He kind of did the best he could. Right? No one expected him to beat the Ferrari or beat Lewis. And no one expected the Ferraris to be so up there. So it's kind of the pre... 
predisposed. I don't know if that's the correct word, but we already have a bias thinking that Mercedes is going to be like a fight for first or second place. So I think that just adds to the disappointment. Not necessarily his fault. We didn't know if, like competing for first place was going to be Red Bull, Mercedes, and Ferrari. But we had such a high expectation for George this season. I mean, it was the switch of last season. And we all thought he was going to be talented enough to run this place. And not only did he disappoint on race day, but he disappointed during qualifying too. So, not wanker status because he's a wanker, but I was disappointed by the performance. Fair enough. I guess that's all. I guess so. We're excited to be back. We have new artwork. Check it out. We've done some rebranding. Instagram, yeah. We are excited to be here, and we hope that with recording for a full season... We can acquire more listeners. Yeah. And like, think of it this way. All the F1 podcasts you listen to probably already have their episodes up. So now you want to refresh before the next race and you listen to us. Yep. (laughs) Okay. Well, we'll see you next week in Saudi Arabia. Yes. Bye, Sam. Bye, Harsh.